0: Hi, and welcome to Debutants and Debauchery, a book discussion podcast where two best friends get together to drink wine and talk about YA novels. I'm Michelle. And I'm Raina. In this episode, we're going to be discussing
1: Every Heart a Doorway by Shauna McGuire. It's a fantasy novella about a girl named Nancy who goes to a
0: boarding school for teenagers who have returned from fantasy worlds and need help acclimating back to real life. As usual, we discuss all content from the book, so there will possibly be mentions of transphobia, gore, and the death of children.
1: I feel like I'm always the one to say, so first thoughts. So it's your okay. turn to start. So first thoughts.
0: Oh, now, the, uh, <laughs> now I have to
1: start. Um, I really liked it. I I was actually kind of surprised by the direction it took. It went a lot darker and gorier than I thought. I was expecting like, woo-woo, it's Alice in Wonderland, but she's back in the real world. And then there was like melting a body in a tub full of acid. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, It's probably... Out of all the books we've read so far, it's probably number two after Not Even Bones, which is surprising. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah. I really liked it. Uh, You know how I am. I go into books with absolutely no expectations at all. Yeah. I'm not a real thinker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I really, really liked it. Um, The the darkness of it made sense, because fantasy doesn't equal good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad it wasn't... I'm not really one for like light fluffy things mm-hmm. from time to time. I'll, I won't seek them out, but I'll be okay with it from time to time. I mean, it's I feel like it says something for like both of our tastes that like every book we've read so
1: far has had the like beginning trigger warning list be like decently substantial. <laughs> the only book where like there's been hardly anything on the list was The Art of Saving the World.
0: No, let's talk about love. Or are you trying to block that out of your mind? (laughs) I
1: blocked that out of my mind. I blocked that out of my mind completely. I'm just, you know, like the Children of Blood and Bone series and the, um, the Nowhere Girls and books we haven't even, like, haven't come out yet. Like, anyway, you know, I feel like we've all, we like darker books more. I don't know. I guess I'm, I guess it's not true, but still, we we both, I think, prefer, like, slightly darker books than Light and Fluffy.
0: It makes me feel better about my life.
1: I just find them more fun to read. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, a, a fluffy book is fine sometimes. Um, maybe not, actually, because we didn't like Let's Talk About Love very much, and that was well, the fluffiest of the books we've read. It's
0: not because of the fluffy. It
1: was like really it. fluffy, though.
0: It was a fluffy book, but that's not why we didn't like it.
1: Maybe subconsciously it was part of the reason why I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> maybe, but I've liked, fl- like, Fangirl is a fluffy book, and we both love Fangirl.
1: Uh, fan- doesn't Fangirl have tons of stuff in it about, like, her mental health and, like, her dad and, like, all that stuff?
0: Yeah, but it does it from, like, a fluffy perspective. Maybe. Like, they come together and they, like, help their dad and then everything is Okay. Anyway, that's not what I this feel like episode is about. Any... <laughs> that's a that's discussion okay.
1: for a different day. That's okay. This is going to probably be a short episode, so we can, you know, maybe take some detours if we want to. Talk about a completely different book that no one's expecting us to talk about. No, we're, we're <laughs> comparing. We're talking about our taste in books. It's relevant. Yeah.
0: Fangirl is a good book. Go out and read it. Although that author is problematic.
1: Yeah, because all the stuff with Eleanor and Park. Yeah. I haven't read Eleanor and Park.
0: I read it. I don't remember it, but I read it. <laughs> I never read it.
1: I... My favorites of hers are the Carry-On series. Yeah. Which you haven't read.
0: I haven't read. Which is weird. We should
1: read them for the podcast.
0: You should.
1: Carry-On is really fun. Yeah. Okay, now we're actually going back to Every Heart a Doorway. Okay. Um yep.
0: so what did you think of the characters?
1: The characters. Okay. Um I loved the characters. They were really fun. They are really different. I loved them all. I loved I loved Jack and Jill an incredible amount, especially Jack. I'm a little bit in love with Jack, maybe. Um I just want to talk- <laughs>
0: Maybe you can I feel like I should go wait, find Jack. I feel
1: like I should wait to just talk about, like, how much I loved Jack and yeah. Jill and their, like, but whole thing. But let's start with the other characters. Yes.
0: Eleanor West. The, uh... The, the head the, of the school. Yeah, the dean. She was cool. Yeah. I thought, like,
1: I wasn't expecting all the murder to happen in this book. And I thought that, like, I don't know, it just felt... Maybe it's because the book was so short, or because of Eleanor was who she was, I feel like they had a very, like, mediocre reaction to, like, the gruesome murders of several people in the school, but...
0: I mean, to be fair, when Eleanor, um, started, like, when we first met her, she was like, oh, like, make sure not to kill each other. hmm So, this must have been a fairly normal thing. I think <laughs> only when the second body popped up was she like, oh, shit.
1: I thought she was more, like, joking when she was like, don't kill each other.
0: Well, you know, but, like, if you think about it, it makes sense that there would be a lot of murder happening, since these are people who, like lived in another world, like, for years, who grew into adults and then went back into a child's body and then had to deal with, like, like the bullshit that, like, Sumi would say. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't all, like, grow up and then come back to fantasy, like, human, like child
1: bodies, though, right?
0: Not all of them. but Some I, of them. But, yeah, a good amount of them.
1: Um, speaking of Sumi, I loved her and I was real sad when she yeah. kicked the bucket really fast.
0: Yeah, I wasn't like, expecting it either. She was
1: barely in it.
0: Which was sad, yeah. But I put down a quote from her. What was the quote? A girl's fingers might get the urge to go plowing in the fields. That was that was an excellent scene. I think I...
1: Yeah, I wrote down page 43,
0: masturbation. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that scene was hilarious. <laughs> I really like Sumi. I liked that we got to, like, learn of her backstory, that she was like... I mean, I don't... I'm, we're not Japanese. But... There is no but to that. I would just like a different thought. Sumi uh, is Japanese, and she um she had like overbearing parents, and she was forced to play violin. And I'm not speaking into that at all because I'm not Japanese and I don't know shit. Oh, like the stereotype. Yeah, like the stereotypes of that. But then she like went to a nonsense world? a nonsense world because that was where her heart r- was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. I like that. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, how the stereotypes play into that, but, like, the idea that a child who came from, like, overbearing parents and, like, had a lot of structure to their life, that her heart really just wanted to be nonsense. Love that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I love the different worlds. I love the way they categorize them with, like, high nonsense and high logic and all that kind of stuff. Which of the worlds would you want to go to the most?
0: I would definitely be a logic world. Mm-hmm. Like, for
1: sure. Um. I mean, we didn't actually get to see very many of them in, like, super, like, depth. But yeah. I know definitively I would love to go to the Moors, where Jack and Jill went. Why would you love to go <laughs> Because yeah. their world is, like... Oh, <laughs> well, there
0: goes my phone.
1: Because the Moors were dark and creepy and, like, Frankenstein vampire world, which yeah. I'm totally in love
0: with. Yeah, that's like neat to like read about, but you wanna live yeah,
1: there? Yeah, yeah, totally. Look, Jack clearly had a great time.
0: <laughs> Jack is so fucked. <laughs> I
1: know, but like look, this isn't like real. I'm not actually going to the Mars, yeah. but like they appeal to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Like gothic horror of it all.
0: Like a vacation home in yeah, the Mars. Sure. Where you can just live unspeakable there. Unspeakable horrors happen. Or I could just live there. Yeah. I feel like I'd be in just like a like a Logic virtue place Because I'm basic ass bitch <laughs> Or maybe I'd be like nonsense virtue But the nonsense that like Sumi was saying Was just too much for me mm-hmm. But I like a, a little splash of nonsense <laughs> <laughs> They didn't I wish they had like
1: I wish we had heard about like even more worlds yeah. I remember one of them that like I wrote a note of Because like, I laughed a lot was like a guy That went to a world of mole people <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is coming back to the real world and like your world was fucking mole people and they say, Oh, that was a doorway to your heart <laughs> <laughs> And you're you're just the mole people kid.
1: <laughs> That's just the guy from Lake Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have had very much fun in was it the Halls of the Dead or the Realm of the Dead? Where Nancy went?
0: The Halls of the Dead. The I Halls think. of the Dead. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, she seemed to love it. It didn't sound super appealing to me.
0: Staying still. Yeah. For days on end and having mm-hmm. cranberry she doesn't even eat. put down your throat so she's... that you can stay alive. That doesn't sound appealing to you. Don't understand why it sounds appealing <laughs> That's to Nancy. weird.
1: You know? Um, I loved the beginning, like, literally my first note was, I that she's a goth. Yeah. That she's, like, wearing all these, like, dark and super gothic clothes and then she opens her suitcase and her parents are like, here's all your sweet, lovely rainbow clothes. <laughs> My first note was the masturbation one, so. I wrote down another quote that I think was from Sumi that I'm gonna go find. It was right before the masturbation. It was, oh yeah, when Sumi was like, Are you gonna fuck Cade? <laughs> and Nancy's like, What the hell? No. And then Sumi goes on like her whole thing about like her like nonsense ranting about that. And at the very end, she's like, If you don't want to do the bing bang with Cade, I guess I can, t- I should tell you that I'm taken. <laughs> I wrote down the bing bang. <laughs> Sumi was excellent. Sumi was. She was.
0: I was like a little worried actually when Nancy was goth. Really? Yeah. Cause I was worried that they'd go into like a, I'm an angsty teen sort of route with that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, am I going to have to read a book on an angsty teenager? My heart is too tired for that. (laughs) But then it turned out good. I wish they had made her muscular though. Because they, like, talked about how she, like, needed to use every muscle in her body to stay completely still for days on end. And then they'd be like, her slender frame. And I'd be like, make her muscular, you Well,
1: if she's not really eating,
0: how like, is she going to gain a ton though, of muscle? Whatever, though. But I want her to be muscular. <laughs> <laughs> I also really, really liked Cade. Cade was awesome.
1: Cade was excellent. Yeah. I loved Cade's, like, I mean, like, love is maybe the wrong word for Cade's, like, backstory. Yeah. But that, like, he got taken by this, like, fairy realm. Yeah. And then they kicked him out when they realized that he wasn't a little girl that they wanted. Which was a unique, like, story, backstory,
0: mm.
1: for, like, a fantasy novel
0: that I really liked. I thought it was pretty fucked up that his parents didn't kick him out of the house because he came back from being, like, quote-unquote kidnapped or whatever. And was like, I was in a fantasy land. They kicked him out because he was trans. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously I'm not advocating that you ever kick out your child for any reason. <laughs> But between those two things, maybe I'm being nitpicky here. But like, if your kid is crazy, like that oh. feels like a bigger reason.
1: Also not a valid reason. To, yeah. Also pick not a, a valid reason. Job. But if you
0: had to pick one of those reasons, I guess I'm not just a transphobe though. So. If my kid came back and was like, I was in a fantasy world. I mean, like, can you take me, please? <laughs> can be, I go too? I'd be like, cool. Glad you're back. Take out the trash.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I liked Cade. I liked. I actually thought they were gonna give like Kate and Nancy like a romance. And I was kind of like like not even with the sexual part, because obviously Nancy was asexual, but it was I was I guess kind of pleased that they didn't. I'd be mean, like, I would have been okay with it, you I know. Feel that. I would have been totally cool with them having a romance, but yeah. also cool with them not going that route.
0: I was kind of thinking like, this book is 173 pages long and she's asexual. They'd have to really sell me if they were gonna make this romance happen. <laughs> Yeah, like, more than just a little flirting here or there. Something horrible would have to happen. And then there's also Lundy, the eight-year-old licensed therapist.
1: Lundy kind of unsettled me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I was thinking about how, like, Lundy ages back... She ages backwards, like, a month for every week that passes, or is it every week for every month that passes? A week for every month that passes. Yeah, but, like, eventually, she's gonna get really young. What happens when, like... What happens?
0: She turns back into an egg. <laughs> Can you refertilize
1: fertilize her? <laughs> yeah, I was just, like, really unsettled by the fact that, like, what happens after she gets to, like, newborn?
0: Did she just die? I don't know. Did they, like, open the door one day and there's, like, an embryo on the bed?
1: That's, that's, a, that's a horror. That is a horror. <laughs> that is a horror story.
0: <laughs> but we never got to find out.
1: No. She died. Yeah. Rip. I mean, that was probably saving her from like whatever disgusting hell she would have had to go through when she de-aged well, she, into an embryo. No,
0: she wouldn't have been aware.
1: Yeah, just been... it would, have just
0: been a would disgusting have been... hell for
1: everybody. Else. We were all saved from that,
0: yeah. Like slowly becoming a premature baby and then <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. <laughs> and then L'Oreal.
1: Which one was she? Was she one of like the bitches?
0: Yeah. Literally all I wrote for her was little bitch, deceased, comma, nice. <laughs> So I don't remember anything about her. But...
1: Oh, was she the one who got killed? Yeah. Right, she's one of the ones that got killed. I remember. Okay, they, they they brought her back to life. No, they didn't bring her back to life. They brought her bones back. Which the yeah. Bone Dude, what was the Bone Dude's name?
0: Uh, Christopher.
1: Christopher the Bone Dude. I liked the Bone Dude.
0: I liked him too. I thought it was funny because for my note for him, I wrote Bone Boy, all And then later in the book, um, Jack says, come on Bone Boy. And I was like, oh, I call him Bone
1: Boy. <laughs> I loved him. I loved the little, like, clique that Nancy formed with her friends, basically like all the weirdos who, like, went to the dark worlds, like Bone Boy and Realm of the Dead Girl and Jack and Jill and... Cade didn't really count, but, like, he was different than the other, like, woo-woo kids because they would his world wouldn't take him back. Either way, I liked their little, like, dark clique <laughs> of all the
0: weirdos. Can you imagine, though, like, you come back from, like, a unicorn land... You come back from a unicorn land, and then there's, like, this kid that, like, plays a bone flute to, like, make skeletons dance.
1: And then there's, like, Jack, who, like, dissects
0: bodies. Yeah.
1: And Jill, who, like, only eats raw meat. Yeah. So that her bones are that her, so her blood is full of
0: iron. iron like, of course they're rings. Yeah. They're, and they're not even, like, willing to, like, meet people halfway. I like, maintain. she's sitting in the corner eating raw meat. Like. I maintain that I still want to go to the moors. <laughs>
1: Which, by the way, I looked up book two. This is, like, a decently long series. Book two is about Jack and Jill in the wars. Nice. And
0: I am very excited for that. Yeah. Because, like, that that was, like, my favorite part of the book. And then Angela, whose guinea pig was dissected, (laughs) (laughs) she was the one who ran on rainbows and who Jack was like, did you ever think about the people who fell off of the rainbows? And she was like... This was so funny to me. She was like, well, I saw them slip and fall off, but I, like, didn't think about their bodies. And I was like, how do you not think about that? You're like, I am so afraid of heights. If I was on a rainbow, all I'd be thinking about is falling to my death. And then she Incredible. was also a transphobic bitch. Yeah, yeah she was. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. She was a bad person. I didn't even remember her name. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember her name. I just wrote down, Angela, guinea pig, was dissected, call my rain on rainbows, call my transphobic bitch. <laughs> Nice, you take, the, you
1: take the important notes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now we can talk about Jack and Jill.
1: I mean, I've already kind of expressed the fact that I love Jack and Jill a lot. Yeah. Especially Jack. I mean, Jill's yeah. kind of like, I mean, she's a killer. <laughs>
0: You know, I immediately suspected Jill being the murderer. Same. Well,
1: okay, not immediately, but, like, after, like, a little bit had gone, I was yeah. like, yeah, it's probably Jill.
0: Well, because, you know, they do, like, that thing where, like, there's the person you're supposed to most suspect and the person you're supposed to least suspect, and then it's the person you most medium
1: suspect. Exactly. They introduce, <laughs> it, it's introduce the killer and then, like, push him to the background a little more. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And that was Jill, so. Yeah. I mean, it was still good. It was good. I was, like, still, like, in my mind's mind. I was, like, guessed, but I was, like, I was expecting this. I literally wrote down, my guess is Jill is the murderer, and that was page 99.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, if I went to the morgue, I don't want to mess around with that, like, creepy vampire dude, which, like, they said he wasn't a pedophile, but, like, he was. Yeah. Like, creep.
0: Just because you say you're not a pedophile doesn't mean you're not
1: a pedophile. <laughs> Absolute creep. Um, no, I want to go be intern to, like, that... Frankenstein doctor dude
0: I mean I don't agree with you I wouldn't want to like kill things And like bring back dead parts um, I, I,
1: I mean in, for the sake of a fantasy world That I had to choose to go to yeah. Hypothetically in my uh-huh. mind
0: So going around killing animals That's your fantasy <laughs> No I just like <laughs> gothic horror <laughs> <laughs> I work in the veterinary field And if you're <laughs> fantasizing <laughs> about killing animals <laughs> That's my dream
1: Michelle Yeah
0: I know it is I
1: see really you're about dissecting animals
0: no, I'm not even that good
1: with blood. Well, actually, no, other people's blood's fine. I just don't like my own.
0: I kind of wish we had gotten... Like, I understand this is a series, and you'll... Like, I'm assuming that later in the series we'll get points of view where we're actually in the fantasy world. The next one is. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted that for this book. Mm-hmm. I was like, just give me a taste.
1: Yeah, I don't think we're going back to Nancy, though. I think, like, looking at the other books, they're all, like, from different points of view of different kids. Yeah. Like, the next one is Jack and Jill, but it's Jack and Jill... In the Moors before they get to, like, mm-hmm. the boarding school. Interesting. Yeah.
0: I noticed that all of the people who went to, like, happy worlds, like, the nonsense worlds and the virtue worlds, were all horrible people. Yeah. And then the people who went to, the like, quote-unquote bad worlds were all good people. Yeah. And I couldn't make my brain make, like, a connection there, but I was wondering what your thoughts were. I <laughs> um, I don't know.
1: In, like, the context of the world or, like, in the context of the writing like, in the writing, I feel like she was just trying to, like, subvert it and be like... Yeah. Yeah, all these happy-go-lucky kids that went to, like, you know, unicorns-pooping-rainbows worlds are, like, all shitheads. Yeah. And it's, like, the, the dark ones. But also, Sumi was good, and she went to one of those nonsense worlds.
0: I guess maybe it's, like, um, people who are more harsh on the world but their perspectives, like, more realistic, are gonna have a darker perspective versus people who think everything is cut and dry like for example being transphobic like men are men and women are women and there's nothing else like maybe that no gray areas makes it easier for them to be mean and horrible yeah to be mean and horrible and also have a sunny outlook on the world that makes sense because like in a lot of those like fantasy worlds It's like, we're the good guys, and they're the evil
1: guys, and we're gonna vanquish them. Like, kind of in Mm -hmm. Cade's world, like, he was supposed to, like, destroy the Goblin King or something, right?
0: Yeah. And instead,
1: like, the Goblin King, like, understood him. Yeah. And made him, like, the next Goblin King. Which makes me feel better about the fact that I want to go to the Moors, so, like, clearly I'm a good person (laughs) because I want to go to the Moors.
0: Yeah. Except for, let's
1: ignore Jill. Don't think about Jill. I mean, she wasn't transphobic. She
0: was just, like, a killer. So, like, on the scale of morality here, we're putting, we're definitely putting Jill above Angela. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously.
1: Transphobia is, like, here, and then, like, but it's, like, below murder. Like, murder is better. Write that down, kids. Hypothetically. (laughs) Do not take anything I say as, like, real. (laughs) In the context of this book, yes, all the transphobes are worse than, like, Jill the murderer. She just wanted to be go back to like her vampire world. Go back to her like nasty vampire pedophile. Yeah. Which is sad. It's like whatever that
0: disorder is. Stockholm syndrome. That's the one. Mm-hmm. That's the bitch. I have some quotes. Okay. So this is when Jill is talking about her iron rich diet. <laughs> and Nancy said, that's um very nice. She'd known girls on diets her entire life. Iron Rich Blood had rarely, if ever, been their goal. <laughs> Most of them had been looking for smaller waists, clearer competitive clearer complexions and richer boyfriends spurred on by a deeply ingrained self-loathing that had been manufactured for them before they were old enough to understand the kind of quicksand they were sinking in. I love that sentence because it was like zero to a hundred like within a few (laughs) words. We notice the silence of men. We depend on the silence of women. Like, the whole thing for, like, why men weren't going into fantasy lands as much as women were, or going through their, like, doorway. Yeah, I thought that was really cool and interesting. Damn, when you think about it, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Which is, like, so fucked up. The idea that, like, a missing boy would go noticed immediately, but a missing girl, it's just fucked. Uh Uh-huh.
1: yeah. Wasn't there something in the book about how, like, Christopher, like, didn't get along with the other boys because he was one of the morbid kids of, like, the dancing bones and all the <laughs> other boys there, like, the few of them besides Cade, had
0: yeah. all
1: gone to, like, woo-woo worlds. And they're like, what is this fucking <laughs> kid with his dancing <laughs> bones? His little bone flute. Yeah. I love Christopher. He was great. I have, um, quite a few... I don't even remember what they are because I just write down, like, a page number and then a random word. Like, I have page 128, cheese, cheese. Exclamation point. I don't know what that's referring to, but I'm sure it was something great, so I'm going to go find it.
0: One of my favorite quotes of Christopher's is, that's because Narnia was a Christian allegory pretending to be a fantasy series, you asshole. <laughs>
1: I loved. I wrote that down. That part down, too. I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was when Jack was talking about how, like, she made whipped cream, and she's like, how, where, someone's like, where'd you find it? And Jack's like, you had milk, I had science. So, Jack, it's amazing how much of culinary achievement can be summarized by that sentence. Cheesemaking, for example, the perfect intersection of milk, science, and foolish disregard for the laws of nature.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cheese. <laughs> yeah. Corpses are incapable of offering informed consent and are hence no better than vibrators. <laughs> that was also a good quote. I think that was that was either Jack or um or Nancy. I think that sounds like something that Jack would say.
1: But yeah, that was Jack because they were talking about how like, did Jack fuck corpses or something? I yeah. think on her like table. Yeah. Um, the I part. I wrote down this like part that was like, oh, really sad. Um, it was when like L'Oreal died, mm-hmm. and um, the book said L'Oreal Younger. Laurel was the girl who had like the tiny door that she like had to find to prove herself. And it said L'Oreal Youngers would never find her door, which had been waiting for her all this time, tucked into a corner of her bedroom at home, half an inch high, and held in place by the most complicated magics the Queen of Dust, her adopted mother, could conceive. It would linger another six months before the spells were released and the queen took to her chambers for a year of mourning. It's like,
0: oh, I'm so sad. She was still a bitch, though.
1: She was still a bitch, but like that part of, I meant like that part of the book where like they talked about how the door was there. And like, I basically just love the whole scene where they were like dealing with the dead body. Like, the really morbid kids were dealing with it. And they're like... Like, Kate was like, I'm not really <laughs> into this. Kate was vomiting in the background. <laughs> and Nancy's like, it's fine, it's fine. And then she had her whole... Th- I like the this, like, paragraph where she said, like... Nancy, Jack, and Christopher made their way to the body. They came from very different traditions. For Nancy, the entire experience of death was revered. For Christopher, the flesh was temporary, but the bones were eternal and deserved to be treated as such. For Jack, death was an inconvenience to be conquered, and a corpse was a Pandora's box of beautiful possibilities. But all of them shared a love for those who had passed, and so they lifted Laurel from the ground. They did so with gentle, compassionate hands. I just, I love the morbid death kids. They I very
0: that their different experiences in their world shaped them so much. Yeah. Like, it was such a distinct difference between all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was just really good. And, like, the little scene when they're, like, doing the hot chocolate, and they each like different things, like, Emily has the cranberries and then um, Christopher has like a sprinkle of cinnamon and Jack has I forgot what she has. Something disgusting. Something disgusting.
1: (laughs) I I was just on that page. Let me find it. Um, Three drops of warm saline solution and a pinch of (laughs) wolfsbane. Enough to make it taste like tears and like the way the wind smells when it sweeps along the moors at midnight. If I knew the sound if I knew the taste of the sound of screaming I'd add that as well. (laughs) I love her. And everyone else is like, "That's really creepy, Jack." Um, There's another part like that I just loved. I was just writing down tons of quotes about how much I loved like the moors and like Jack. And she's like, um, "We keep to ourselves for good reasons," said Jack stiffly. Most of you got unicorns in misty meadows. We got the moors, and if there was a unicorn out there, it probably ate human flesh. <laughs>
0: um, which was just excellent. This is an Eleanor quote. Um, She says, this is not an asylum and you are not mad. And so what if you were? This world is unforgiving and cruel to those that... It judges as even the slightest bit outside the norm. If anyone should be kind, understanding, accepting, loving to their fellow outcasts, it's you. All of you. You are the guardians of the secrets of the universe, beloved of worlds that most would never dream of, much less see. Can't you see you owe it to yourselves to be kind, to care for one another? No one outside this room will ever understand what you've been through the way the people around you understand right now.
1: I love the whole concept of this book. Just like what happens to all those kids like Alice and like the Narnia kids. Yeah. When they come home. Especially the Narnia kids. Yeah, because they were old. They were. They totally glossed over... Like, admittedly, I haven't read the books. I've only seen the movies.
0: Yeah. But, like... I read the first two books. I feel like... I don't... Like, again, I've, I haven't read all of them. But I feel like the books were even worse than the movies as far as, like, what they had to endure. Really? And, I, I again, I haven't read them. I mean, they had to go through a war. They had to go through a war in the movie. Yeah. But, like... When you're reading it in a book, you get to like read. Yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, they got so old in the
1: in in their in their world. They got to be like like abs- like totally adults, well, not just like early twenties. I think they got to be like normal like adults, and then they went back, and suddenly they're like Lucy would have gone back to being like what eight? The hell? How do you like your mind would be so different?
0: If I had to go back to when I was eight, I don't know if I could take that pressure. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'd enjoy it for a little while, but only a little.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, the carefreeness of being eight, and then you'd have to, like, go through puberty and middle school and high school again.
0: But then you'd have all of your knowledge, at least. Yeah. And you'd, like, know what to do. Mm-hmm. Which would be nice. But it
1: would also be weird, because you your mind would be, like, so much older than all your classmates.
0: Yeah, show those know? bitches up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Test into high school grade. Oh, God. Except if you weren't smart enough. <laughs> I don't have that much else I wrote down
1: um, In the very beginning when Nancy was talking About how like she only drank like Pomegranate juice I was like is this like an eating disorder And then later she was like I promise this is an eating disorder And I'm like I mean, it still feels like an eating disorder, even if you're in denial about that. Because, <laughs> like, like a
0: pinky promise. <laughs> in the world of the
1: dead, I understand how it wouldn't be, because like it was a different world, and she didn't need all of that like food to sustain her. Yeah. But now she's back in the real world, and like she's like, I don't need it. I'm standing still. But you're not. You're like moving around, and you're being a human again. I feel like yeah. you would need more sustenance. So maybe like think about that. Maybe you know they should have a counselor at these schools. There they seems to they do. I thought there was just Eleanor and, like, Lundy. She was like, oh, she...
0: Lundy is a psychotherapist. Right, I forgot about that. Not a very good one. Yeah, they should have gone
1: into this eating disorder thing.
0: They should really have one-on-one sessions as well as group sessions. They really should. Literally, Lundy's entire philosophy was just, like, make these people talk about their darkest fears in front of everybody, and then they all hated each other. (laughs) I can't
1: help but think that maybe the other school that was meant for kids who wanted to forget might be healthier.
0: Oh, for sure. Because, like, this
1: school, like, I understand, like, how all these kids wanted to go back and how Eleanor understood them, but, like, how much was the school really helping
0: any of these kids? Not at all. It should have been teaching them ways to, like, hold on to little bits of it, but still be able to, like, function. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're looking for your door, shouldn't you be out looking for your door? Yeah. Like,
1: so I... like, or was it Lorelai? Lorelai's door L'Oreal? was at her house. L'Oreal? Yeah. It was at her house that whole time yeah, I don't know. The school is just like, I don't know. maybe they shouldn't have focused. maybe they should have focused a little more on the forgetting like the other school.
0: but also, why would you want to forget? right? not forgetting, just
1: getting over it.
0: No, but I mean, like even like getting over it, these doorways are like a way into like your heart's deepest desires. So I never okay. understood why you would want to forget any of that happened if something really horrible happened because there's a whole
1: other school for all the kids who wanted to forget.
0: Things really horrible happen in real life. <laughs> Is it always,
1: like, a guarantee, though, that you go into the world of your deepest desires? Like, maybe some of the kids like, the other world went into worlds they didn't fit with. And they had, like, horrible, horrible experiences.
0: Yeah. I guess maybe you can find doors that aren't meant for you.
1: What if, like, a sunshiny person, like, um, accidentally made their way into the moors? <laughs> They'd probably just get killed.
0: Yeah. Probably.
1: Trump, like, chomp, chomp goes the vampire. <laughs> and they're gone. Yeah.
0: Or if a logic person went into nonsense. They already <laughs> talked about that. They just lose their mind.
1: Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I would lose my mind in a nonsense world or not. I don't know.
0: I probably would. i probably <laughs> get really annoyed really fast. Probably. I liked that uh, Lenore's door was always open and that she was just too old now. She mm-hmm. couldn't go back in it. But she, her plan was to wait until she was crazy and yeah, then, and go, then back go back in. She was like,
1: I'll wait till I'm old enough to be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that was good.
0: What a big mood.
1: I want to see, like... I want like a chart. I want like a big old chart map of like like the cardinal directions of like virtue and what was the one opposite of virtue? Wickedness. Wickedness and um, nonsense and logic and like the smaller ones were like rhyme and something else. Yeah. And I want like a big old chart that I can look at that has all these different worlds plotted on it, yeah. and I can see all of them. So I find that interesting. What did you think of the ending of Nancy going back to her world?
0: I didn't have. It definitely wrapped things up really neatly. Let me say that. But I didn't have a strong emotional connection to that happening. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I I
1: think I was kind of disappointed by it. More just because, on one hand, like I had that like sort of opinion of like I'm not sure how healthy this school is for these kids, and like the idea of like holding on to this world so much. And also, right before she went, she was talking about how like maybe the next. You know, a few years wouldn't be so bad. Maybe Cade would take over for Eleanor, and I would become, like, his Lundy, and we could help other kids understand what it was like to live here, and they have, you know, I was like, oh, I was so excited yeah. about that, you know? And then just, like, boom, there's her world. And she's like, she didn't even go say goodbye to, like, Cade or Jack or Jill or anybody. She's just like, I'm leaving! Yeah. Back to, like, the King of the Dead, who, like, I love or something? I never really talked about how she was like, I love him.
0: Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I guess if she had said goodbye to them, then that would have been doubt, you know. Like yeah. the Lord of the Dead things, whole thing was like you can't have any doubt at all if you want to like stay here forever. And she was like, okay, cool, and then she left. <laughs> but like, I I don't know. It was weird that we went through the entire course of this book. She's like finally starting to like come around to the idea of like being of like saying. And you were saying like even coming up with future plans, and then she immediately turned her back on all of that Mm -hmm. as soon as she got a chance to.
1: I want the perspective of, like, Christopher and Cade and, like, Jack realizing that she's gone. I don't know. Maybe they would just be happy for her.
0: Yeah. Well, she left her shoes behind. That was a helpful hint.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not sure they would figure out pretty fast, but just, like, you know, just, like, their perspective of, like, whether they would just be happy for her, because they all have kind of warped views of that kind of thing. It's, like, considerably... Yay. Eleanor was like, I'm thrilled if you find your door again. So, like, yeah. Or if they'd be sad. I feel like Kade would be sad because he can't ever go back to his world.
0: And he really liked Nancy. Yeah. And it would kind of feel like yeah. a slap in the face. Because, like, if you found your door again and you just, like, left and you just left a pair of shoes on the ground as, like, a hint and, like, not even a fucking note, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> guess none of that
1: mattered. <laughs> didn't they also, like, speaking of Jack and Jill at the very end, didn't Jack, like, imply that she was going to go bring Jill back to life? Yeah. And then they just...
0: Reanimate yeah, her. Yeah, and
1: like they, they didn't show that, I guess. but Because nah. she had
0: to bring her into her own world to do that, right?
1: They had to go back to the Moors to do that? I thought she yeah. was going to go down to the basement. How'd they yeah. get back to the Moors to do that?
0: Because her doorway appeared.
1: Oh, it appeared? Yeah. I, I she... feel like
0: I just missed that. Apparently, she... She said she had the power to create a doorway the entire time. Oh,
1: right. For some reason, I just, like,
0: forgot about that. Yeah. That was kind of, like, a big thing. (laughs) Like, my brain just turned off, apparently. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. But she was going to reanimate her, because apparently, like, the vampire pedophile doesn't want reanimated things. Yeah. (laughs) Do we have anything else? Because I don't think I have anything else. We actually managed, like, a decent amount of time for such a short book. We got 40 minutes.
0: Because it was a short book, but it had, like, meat. Yeah, it was all meat. And it was such an interesting concept.
1: It was. Where does it rate for you on the books that we've read so far?
0: Yeah, I'd say it was probably second for me. Well, I don't know, because Children of Blood and Bone was really good, but Children of Virtue and Vengeance absolutely ruined it for me. Uh, Yeah, I'd say second. I'd probably say Children of Blood and Bone was third. And first was, of course... Not even Bones. Not even
1: Bones. Which hasn't even come out yet. Oh. For shit. <laughs> Spoilers! That's the next episode. Spoiler alert, we really liked
0: it. Um, sometimes we read fast.
1: Yeah, sometimes these books are very out of order.
0: Yeah. It's fine. Um, How many stars would you give it? Um, I gave it four stars. Yeah. Okay, I gave it 3.75. Wow,
1: aren't you just, like, <laughs> so special? <laughs> I'm interested in, like, maybe after we've done, like, I don't know, our first ten books for the podcast, yeah. of, like, ranking them and, like, discussing, like, where we would put them all. Maybe it'd be interesting, but maybe it would just be, like, we had we both have the exact same ranking. And so we're like, well, there it is. There's the ranking. <laughs> Nothing to discuss. <laughs> well, think about that. It would be kind of cool to do, like, extra episodes that weren't, like, booker, book discussions. They yeah. were, like, stuff like just ranking the books. Yeah.
0: I guess like we could discuss about ranking books for an hour, but I feel like we wouldn't.
1: No, they would be like a short episode.
0: <laughs> a little bonus. Yeah.
1: And that wraps up the discussion. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to find us, we're on Twitter at DebutantePod. Let us know what you thought of the book. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree?
0: What books would you like us to discuss next? You can also find us on Inker.fm slash debutantes dash and dash debauchery and on our website Debutantes and debauchery podcast.blogspot.com. Next time, we will be reading Not Even Bones by Rebecca Schaefer. That episode will be coming out in three weeks, and we definitely haven't read the book yet. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.